iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Eugene Hernandez from the Film Society of Lincoln Center. And tonight's guest, Miranda July. Thank you for doing this today, Miranda. Yes. Uh, welcome, Miranda July. Welcome, uh, fans, I would imagine, of Miranda July. How many people have seen me and you and everyone we know? I'm just curious. And, and how many folks here are familiar with uh, other work that, that Miranda has done, her writing, her performances, uh, music? Good. Good. Well, we'll talk about um, that, and we'll also talk about her new movie. And, and I'm assuming that many people haven't seen it yet, but just to understand, has anybody seen the future yet? A couple people. So um, it's sort of one of these kind of, it's a delicate balance, this conversation, because we, we want to sort of tease and discuss some of the ideas in the movie without giving away the entire experience for right. folks who haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And yet those who are listening in on this podcast will very likely have seen it already. So oh, it's, right. They're in the future. They're in yeah. the future. So we're talking into the okay. future uh, to an audience that you will never meet. Right. Okay. Just, just throw that out there. Um, I was, which gets me to this idea that, uh, something that I read in the press notes, um, this idea of, you said something about how time travel, back, traveling back in time is almost as challenging or is just cha as challenging a concept as sort of living every day of one's life. Right. I was intrigued by that idea. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was, I was thinking about how when I was little, I was so fascinated by time travel and I was pretty sure that if I just tried hard enough, I could figure it out. Um, but, like, yeah, as I got older, just time itself and, like, getting through the minutes and the experience of, like, now, which is, you know, happening now, um, that, that that started to seem almost sort of science fictional or at least challenging um, in its own way. And, uh, and so, yeah, even in this movie... It kind of has a little bit of science fiction to it. I think I um, kind of nerded out, like, slightly indulged that, that child part of myself. But in a way, it's really more concerned with the, the eerie experience of time that we have every day. Yeah. So I want to talk a bit about that. And again, without, I don't want to give away... Uh, there's, there's so much in this film that is beyond what we're going to talk about now, which is we're going to talk about some of the setup of the film and the characters in the film. And that's really just the foundation upon which this really cool story unfolds. And, and there is this sci-fi, fantastical sort of um, other right. world that I shouldn't that give anything away. So Maybe there's something sci-fi or maybe not. Exactly. <laughs> there may be. There may be. That's why you need to go right. and find okay. out. But so let, let's just let's start with what we sort of get from the trailer and from the first few moments of the film, and that okay. is this relationship between this this man and this woman. And um, we we come to learn very quickly that um, they are, they want to bring something else into their relationship, and also their relationship probably seems to be having some. They're at a point where they're having some some challenges and some they're trying to overcome some. Yeah, issues, I don't maybe? know. I feel like that's leading too. I know it is. I'm sorry. I don't know if they are. I yeah. <laughs> I've not, I haven't ever been this careful about it, and now I'm like, why well, say I, I anything have, really? Let's yeah. just talk about something else. I mean, no one. Everyone's just gonna see it anyway. I mean, not to assume that, but I mean, they either will or they won't. Does, is this People really gonna tip it over? To. Yeah. If you guys don't see it, I'm screwed. I mean, no one. No <laughs> one's gonna see it. <laughs> I, not to take you for granted, but honestly, I have to count on somebody. I mean, <laughs> she's counting on you okay. in this room right now. But I guess I think partly why I'm like stalling is because the I feel like you're yeah you're headed into the description, which they never sound good for any of the things I've ever made. I mean, I remember pitching my first movie, and it it just didn't seem like a good idea, and, and everyone agreed on that um, pretty much uh, and that it never really works because for the most part they're kind of boring setups you know what I mean like they're yeah the point is not is not really the the setup in fact I purp you know I think I'm 
purposely start in that place because um, I think it's more interest you know it's more interesting to kind of drill down from where you actually are than to be like you know these people are amazing and something amazing happens to them you know it's uh, it's yeah more internal than that but you should say what you were gonna say I think what I'll ask you and and um, as a, I'll take a different approach okay. because I think it's a way to talk about your work not only in this film but overall okay. um, you you place yourself at the center of this film um, or at a core area of this film that involves another character and some some um, some Supporting characters, I guess, if you will, this being a, a, a film and, and having certain narrative, you know, structures and elements, um, and it's it's consistent in your work to to have um, you speaking the voice of a character, and whether that's whether that's in part you and your own perspective. I think you mm -hmm. said something once that 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 your films, maybe taken as a whole, can represent. A part of you, maybe when you drill down and sort of carve yeah, out right. just one element, that's maybe not really a total fair way to look at it. Right. But 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 you're so you're so um, you're so much a part of your own work, and I think that people identify you right. within that work, um, and that's something that I'm curious to hear more about, and the ability to sort of um, place yourself into a certain role and and to really. Um, deal with the challenges of opening yourself up or whether you are or whether you're not and whether this character is partially you. Yeah. Well, should I talk about that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess it was sort of my way into all this. Um, you know, the first short film I ever made, I played a 12-year-old girl and her mother. Um, and... And really, most of the things I made for years and years, I played all of the different parts. So in some ways with these movies, you know, people will ask, like, you know, why are you in it, too? And I'll be sort of like, well, the big achievement here is that I hired people to play all the other parts, <laughs> you know? And that, that seems really impressive to me. Um, you know, which is to say, even when I'm writing it still, you know, I'm performing it pretty much the way I performed my performances in short films. I'm, I'm acting everything out. Um, and um, to some degree, I really can feel it. I really can't imagine playing most, most of the parts, um, it, which is, you know, means when I get to the set, I, I have this probably really annoying approach, you know, which is... Um, pretty show, you know, pretty de demonstrating and um, very specific and, uh, you know, it's, it's what every actor probably dreads. Um, but uh, it, it's my orientation, you know, it's like the way that I, my kind of compass and how I understand the territory. Um, I mean, to say nothing of that I'm uh, like living and dying up there. I mean, I'm, I, this is like how I, deal with panic and how I deal with like, you know, most things that feel impossible to me, uh, you know, we all have our crutch, you know, and some of them are, are kind of productive and look good and some of them don't. And this, this one usually is pretty good, you know, sometimes it's a little like obsessive, um, but it's so sewn into um, the way that I'm figuring things out not in an autobiographical way. I've never been that kind of artist. In fact, whenever I start to get autobiographical, I think there was one short story I wrote that really was um, pretty true. Um, but beyond that, it, it, it never feels as accurate. You know, I always feel like I'm, like I, it's, it's becoming bad, first of all, and in becoming bad, it's becoming less true, even though it's, you know, yeah, even if it's what happened, yeah. This woman is my leg example, and I keep thinking like, okay, she's crossing her legs in a terrific way that looks really good. Um, but I, I keep thinking, I don't know if I can do that for the first time in front of everyone. And also she- Now that you've commented on it, you actually can attempt to do that. I don't think I can, I just tried and it didn't work oh. out. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep like this, okay. <laughs> I'm wondering about um, picking up on what you were talking about to a certain extent, but also um, trying to look at um, the various 
um, types of work or uh, work that you create. I'm wondering, as an artist, as a creative person, um, what film gives you and also what you hope that it can give an audience that is unique from some of the other um, type of types of outlets you work in, you know, writing, performing. Right. Um, what is it about film? This is your, you know, another feature that you've made and, and, it, and it, it combines a lot of the different areas that you've worked in for a while now. Right. Um, it's funny, because it's the thing I've wanted to do the longest. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to be a director and I never pictured it being this weird, you know, doing all these other things because <laughs> you're kids are conservative, you know, they don't, I don't know, I would, you know. Um, so I don't, I always still think of it as that's the one that's kind of the dream, like living the dream, you know? Although um, the other things are, have become just as important, you know, along the way. Uh, and I think part of it is that it's so challenging. It's, it's the one that demands the most and the stakes are the highest and it's just like, fucking all-out war, you know, which I, I think there's something in me that, like, unless that's happening, I won't, I won't, I'll, I won't go all the way, or I, I'll, I'll kind of hold back, or I'm, I do have a sort of tendency to be paralyzed, almost. I mean, there's some of that in the movie, actually, and um, despite my seemingly productive life, um, I've spent a lot of time feeling like I literally can't move at all. Um, so, so movies are like a, a big enough push that it's like I, I'm forced to be in motion. Um, is that because it involves so many other people or resources? No, or, it's like, partly is, it's just like the mythology of it. I right. mean, it's just so dramatic. I mean, you're going to make a movie like it's just uh, even with my short movies, it seemed very um, dramatic and part of that is and this is the second part of your question is just it does reach so many people and it's such an inviting medium you know like you don't have to do anything I just act it all out or you know we do in front of you um, and you don't even have to use reading that that reading skill that you learned in school um, uh, so, or even if it is challenging, like you go into the theater thinking it's going to be fun, you know, like whereas with a performance you go in, you know, already thinking like this could be work or this could, I could be challenged or, you know, you have this whole different set of, um, you know, physical openness, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's knowing that and like, wow, it's like getting to be in the middle of a, piece of chocolate or something yeah. like what should I do in there yeah, yeah. I, I want to pick up on that and and because I know there are, there are um, undoubtedly a lot of um, really creative people in the room and probably people who are listening um, I, I get the impression that um, you the kind of people that are attracted to or some of the people that are attracted to the kind of work that you create tend to be from my experience of observation tend to be rather creative people mm. and I'm sure struggle with some of the same issues of, of, of sort of paralysis maybe that can, that can sometimes um, hit someone who's extremely creative. Um, and you talked about that a moment ago, so I'm not necessarily encouraging you to make this like a self-help uh, discussion, but oh. at the same time I'm wondering how you've, how you've right. sort of in, ha dealt with that and for those who might be listening or in the room who have had similar you know, sort of challenges, right. it might be reassuring to hear that you, even you feel that way and you seem to be so right, creative right. and productive. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this on the computer, you sh step one, step away from the computer probably would be a good start. Um, uh, I mean, there's all different things. It sort of depends on what you feel like, what you know you're capable of in that moment. I mean, sometimes, uh, like if I'm really exhausted and I'm, I'm getting kind of frozen, you know, where you just like stand in the middle of the room for like 20 seconds not doing anything do you ever does people must do that and you're lit you know okay if you know you're at pretty low capacity then i make what i call like an uh like robot action list you know and you're not this is not going to be the night where you like you know write the new bible or whatever like it's uh it's just literally and i try and get as specific as possible like you know 
open the suitcase, you know, unpack the clothes, uh, and, and just go right through to like all the stuff you need to do to like get into bed. Cause sometimes like I won't actually go to bed just cause I can't do all the steps leading up to it. <laughs> you know, you'd think that would be an easy thing to do, but, um, so that's for like, if you're at ground zero kind of, uh, so going to bed is sort of like an every day. It's sort of like the, the end result. Like every day we yeah, know we're pretty much going to end up in bed. So right, like you but might if just you skip get stuck on the way there, <laughs> I'm just being honest here. Uh, this is kind of where I'm at these days. So that's why it jumped to mind. Um, so there's the robot action list. Um, and then every time you get stopped, you go back to the list and you're like, okay, must, you know, put food in away, you know, leftovers. Um, okay, then there's the more like you're stuck um, writing or doing whatever like your creative thing is. For me, it's sometimes, you know, you're trying to go straight towards the thing and you want it so bad and you're like, if I could just do this thing, then, it, then I'd have the thing and then everyone would love me and I can see how it's all gonna play out from there and I'm ready for it, you know. Um, and it's never, you're never gonna get there from that place. So if you can pick yourself up and put yourself sort of further from there, and I do that sometimes by um, just like s sit down in a new place with just like grab a art book, if you have art books, cause maybe you do, and just like, oh, just start flipping like a dumb child looking at the pictures, you know? And like now you're so far from your goal and all that, and just wait till you feel anything at all, you know, because that new feeling, while it may seem kind of random or how that, uh, how's that gonna connect, how you get to the place you wanted to go from there, that's, that's the like interesting ride, you know? Um, and I know that's kind of vague, but that's, that's the starting point um, sometimes. So, those are two. I could go on all night because this is all this is all I really do. I mean, it's the whole job, right? Um, and there's, it's like as many ways as there are to get stuck. There probably are ways to get out of it too. And um, yeah. <laughs> and you're addressing that a lot in this film, um, I think. Right. In the film, the f just so you know, in the film, I give like I do everything wrong, my character. So it's a good example of what not to do, but. I think if you're like me and you're always trying to do the right thing, you know, like all these things I'm saying, then sometimes it's good to just create a space where you can be like, well, what if I again and again did the, did the wrong thing? Like how bad would it get? Would I have to stop being me, you know? Like would I get that, my me card revoked and I don't, like I'm not that person anymore? Um, that's kind of what, if. If you're curious what happens, you can see the movie. <laughs> yeah. So with that in mind, how much of a challenge, how, how challenging, how difficult, how, um, how much of a, of a feat was it to, to just write this film, to, to sketch out sort of where this, where this story would go and would address this, this character that keeps making the wrong decisions and sort of you're pushing this character to, as you just said, you know, what happens if, if the person makes the wrong decision here, then it leads right. to this, 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 and this, and suddenly right. she's, in a she's in an interesting place as the movie progresses. Um, how, well, it's funny, looking back, I realized like, that was a pretty good creative process. Like, a lot of really interesting things happened. Um, it, was, it was pretty wild, and, and like, I didn't really get stuck but I felt like I was the whole time and I doubted just like, like if, if the gas pedal is like the doubt pedal, I just like floored it, you know? <laughs> um, uh, it, and so the whole time I thought that things were really like going quite badly and I had a lot of fear and, um, and you know, that's in the movie too. But yeah, the funny thing was I was, there's another character in the movie played by Hamish Linkletter who's kind of following, uh, quite open and following sort of coincidences and, and um, accidents and doing the kind of thing that you do when you're actually making something. Um, and I was doing that. Um, I ju it just didn't feel good. <laughs> 
Sometimes that happens. It doesn't always feel good, uh, all of it. Um, I'll t one example of that um, in, the, in the making of this movie, and I don't think this gives away too much, there was a point where I was um, uh, not just stuck, but like I was looking for financing, and it was the recession, and it was sort of laughable, you know? It was just like, you know, people are losing their jobs, and I'm asking for money for this art project, basically. Um, and uh, so I took a break, and I... Um, Every day or every Tuesday, the Penny Saver Classifieds comes in the junk mail, and I don't know if it comes here, but it comes in LA. And I was really reading that sort of obsessively in a procrastinating way, and I um, started doing this thing where I would call, I would randomly call someone selling something, and ask them if I could come over and meet with them and interview them and uh, take their picture, and um, and this was in part a way to go to places in LA that I would never be. It's a, it's a big place and it's not like New York where you just kind of brush up against all of it. You know, you, you just don't at all. Um, and I was also, I also knew that the penny saver was one of those things that's gonna go away in the next few years, you know, cause of Craigslist and a lot more efficient ways to do that. So I realized like the, these, are, these must be people who don't have computers. Um, and I wondered who they were, you know? And the Penny Saver, I grew up in L.A. also, mm. and it's this, like, weekly kind of throwaway magazine or newspaper, newsprint yeah. kind of publication that gets sent to people every week, and it has, like, your news, like, classified ads and sort of right. quick ways to fill various services and things like that. It's sort of hard right. to describe, I guess. But it's like the classifieds, yeah. <laughs> Old-fashioned printed newsprint yeah. way. yeah. Anyways, I, this was a sort of open-ended vision quest type project, you know? There was no real goal in mind, but just to keep doing this and, and see what happened. And ultimately, I met this 82-year-old man who, was, um, who made these really dirty cards for his wife, these cards that involved, like, dripping twats and, you know, things that I was you know, which were kind of new to me in a way. I mean, um, and he really changed my sense of of time, you know, and, and time, the way I was looking at it in the script. And and I asked him if he would be in the movie playing himself, and he is. Um, and, and yeah, and he, cha he changed the movie. He changed everything I was doing. Um, so, yeah, there's, I forget what the question even was, but that's an answer, yeah. <laughs> And the answer went to a place that probably very few uh, questions have gone or answers have gone at the Apple Store, Soho, which is typically much right. more about other sorts of... Uh, about computers? Yeah, more? probably. That's uh, not what they're talking about at the, the Genius Bar? Yeah. <laughs> I, wonder, I was wondering about um, the impact of uh, the Internet and okay. the sort of reality that the Internet creates for an artist or for a creative person to basically share their experience of making a movie, writing something, you know, you, you, oh. you it, it, how, what the impact has been of, of um, social media, for example, on an artist like yourself, um, because you sort of began in a period when it wasn't as uh, perhaps impactful or meaningful, and now we're at a point where literally you can, you can share anything with anyone as imme right. almost immediately or almost live. Right. It's funny, I was talking to my friend about this question, that, and I was saying, like, I, my answer is getting so simplistic to this question, to the point of basically becoming a lie, um, not true, so... What you're about to say is yeah. the lie or the real? Here's the, here's the thing that I have been saying, um, which is true, but there's, of course, another side to it. Um, uh, you know, the internet... Like, humans love to be distracted anyways, so we invented this really good distraction. It, like, excels at being distracting. The, you know, the hard part about that, especially for an artist, but anyone who's supposed to have new ideas, is that usually new ideas come from those spaces in which you don't know what to do with yourself, you know, or you just don't know something. But 
now when you don't know something, you, you look at your phone. I don't mean to do a search, but when you don't know what to do with yourself or you're waiting, you know, you don't know what you're going to feel next. You look at your phone um, or you go online. Um, so that part of it is, is kind of scary, right? I mean, for me, it's like, whoa, the main important thing in my life is now a lot harder because this addiction was invented. Like, I'm not addicted to anything else, but I am addicted to that. So that's too bad. Um, Wait, so which part's the lie? Is it the, that's, is it? that's, if I only say that, that's a lie because it's also like, well, um, you know, as someone who very much kind of grew up in the, like, do-it-yourself uh, world and, like, really believes in... Um, kind of creating your own audience and that there, you know, shouldn't be some higher power that uh, decides if we get to know each other or, um, or sh you know, share our, our worlds. It, it seems like a, a, gr a great acceleration of that. Um, and I think it is. I think it did come out of, some of it did come out of that same impulse. So, um, you know, to say nothing of, like, how much, how many more beautiful things I've seen, you know, in the last five years than I did before? A lot more. <laughs> I mean, I see, I just can't believe how much art there is. And, you know, that does make it easier to, like, uh, tell your production designer how you want things to look or your costume designer, you know. I have a zillion examples of, like, you know, from all throughout history. Um, so I guess I just... Yeah, it's hard to say one. Maybe, you know, the second part kind of goes without saying, especially in the Apple store. <laughs> but um, but I, I sometimes feel like I'm, you know, the problem is that, it's, is that it's combined. It's one machine and we're one machine. And, you know, it's, you, you know, you don't, yeah. Well, it's interesting to me also, just to pick up on that for a moment before we take some questions, is that it's become so um, integrated into our daily experience our daily life that it almost is hard to make that distinction between it being a security blanket, it being an information source, it being something that helps us be creative or connect with someone else. That it's just so like integrated now that it's not like you just, you know, like seven, eight years ago, you have to go to your computer to do something and then you kind of get back to like your, your daily life. Yeah. Now it's right. like all kind of Yeah, it's integrated. not like going to the library. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll see what happens, right? <laughs> um, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Should we open it up? I would like to. Okay. Uh, let's take some questions from the audience. Just raise uh, your hand. We have a microphone. We'll come to you right here in the front row center. Uh, what's the difference for you when you're writing your prose and then when you're writing your movies? Um, well, you know, when you're, when you're writing... Um, a short story, and a lot of mine have, have been like I, like I instead of she or something, whatever, first person. Uh, uh, it's so intimate. I mean, it's, you, you get to do all the internal, um, you know, that, that whole landscape is totally allowed. It's not weird or avant-garde to, to show the thoughts of people, you know? And for me, that's, you know, that's delicious. That's like, you know, I have to work hard to remember to do the other parts. Um, and yeah, with a movie, you're on the outside, right? I mean, you just, it just stops on the face. Um, and so it's a lot more, uh, you can't just have the idea and flow in quite the same way. It's a lot more like um, trying to, sort of more tricks in a way. I mean, not tricks in a diminutive sense because it's, it's just as much art, you know? Um, but yeah, and, in, and ultimately I think it's less intimate because of that. Um, yeah, okay, that's one difference. I mean, and also there's, there's not the whole long vetting process, you know, that happens. I mean, so many people read my script, or not so many people, but a few people read it many times. Um, and I got notes, and I don't do any of that with fiction. I mean, maybe once, you know, that'll happen, but um, so it, it is actually a little bit more personal, yeah. 
In the back to your right. Hi, this is a two-part question. I hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you're, when you sit down, do you sit down intending to write a film or intending to write a story or performance piece, or does it just begin as a thing that then becomes one of those? And then the second half is, how do you know that what you're writing is a film or a performance piece or a short story? Right. Well, there's a lot of um, like collecting of ideas just over time. And those ideas I usually know to write um, like M in the corner and that it's a movie idea or P for performance or S for story. And then I go back through and kind of collect them. Um, And when I'm working on a movie, most of the ideas I have are for that, you know? Um, Just because I'm... It's, it's so much my job, you know, at that time. I'm just pretty consumed with it. Um, that said, I do have ideas, including this movie, that start out in one medium and end up in another. This started out um, as a performance um, that I actually I did here at the kitchen. Was there anyone who saw that? No. Yeah, you did. Wow. Well, this movie's going to be weird for you. Because... Um, it's got a few really important key things that were in this performance, um, but it, it's basically really different because it takes place in, in like narrative real time, you know? Um, the real world, not the black box theater of the kitchen. And, um, uh, and uh, um, I think part of why I did that is because it's such a freer medium. I mean, when I sit down to work on a performance, I'm not, I'm not thinking a lot about people's expectations or like, are, are people going to think this is a good follow-up performance to my last performance? You know, like, I don't, I'm not having those thoughts at all, which is, I think, why I chose to go in that way, even though I maybe in the back of my mind knew, like, I was open to it evolving into a movie. So I think I sometimes use the mediums that way, too, for their kind of intrinsic freedom levels, yeah. Fourth row to your right. Hey, Miranda. Um, I like Hi. your shirt. Your shirt looks nice. Oh, thanks, it's God. Nice. There was a lot of uh, fear about the shirt, so thanks for the feedback. <laughs> My question is, um, how long did it take you to find people who, who, who felt about the film that you did and wanted to make it? And what was, what was that process like? Like finding people to come and make the project and like make it the way you want and how they feel the way you feel about the project? And do you mean like um, the creative team or the money part of it? Oh, you can hold up the arm on this side for creative and on this side for money. Okay, both. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, well, the money part, you know, I was sort of so cocky after the first one. I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be so much easier to get money this time because, first of all, I've made a movie. You know, I proved that I could do it. Um, and that was sort of true in the sense that there were people right away who were like, we want to be involved. Um, most of those people didn't really want to be involved <laughs> once they realized that like I wasn't making the exact same movie again. You know, I was making like a new movie that seemed just as unlikely as the first one did at the script stage. So, and also this it didn't have movie stars attached to it. Um, and you know, I kind of pretended to be open to that, but in the end, you know, I, I the people I wanted to cast were just great actors. Um, uh, so it was hard. In the end, um, the people who really said the thing that I need to hear, which is like, we love it, just do your thing, here's the money, you get final cut, we're not going to control it, which it's too hard to make a movie without having like creative control to worry about also. So the people who finally did that, none of them were Americans. It was Germans, French, and UK companies in each of those countries. And it was a very small amount of money, not much more than the first movie. Um, and there was a lot of bizarre like hoops we had to jump through to get it. Like I had to hire a whole, uh, the crew had to be German. <laughs> I had to fly them out from Germany. <laughs> 
uh, because we had to spend a certain amount of money in Germany. So, so that is to say, like, you know, we kind of killed ourselves for this, this amount of money that we got, which was allowed us 21 days to shoot the movie. Um, so it's tough. It's, it's, uh, I know that, you know, I'm still very grateful. I look around and I realize that was, you know, really lucky that it happened at all, but I would have thought it would have been easier. As far as the creative team, it's just, that's not, so it's just talking to people, friends of friends, um, uh, people that um, have worked with people I trust, and then some people who worked on the last movie. Um, yeah, I could say a lot more about all those people, but that's kind of a very detailed <laughs> um, crew discussion. Front row, all the way over on your right. Um, before I start with the question, I just wanted to thank you for talking about your work and the open way that sort of reaffirms the process for those of us sort of in the same waters. And it's as affirming as the work itself. Oh. Now I have a question I've been dying to ask you since January. Okay. Um, how many or to what extent do people come up to you after screenings who are deeply, deeply moved by the subplot about Papa? Because in the bathroom, after the screening at Sundance, I was one of about four women who were sobbing for mm, 30 to 60 minutes, <laughs> deeply <Wow>. traumatized. <laughs> and I thought, is this random? Are there other people? It was very powerful feelings that came up for a lot of people at wow. that screening. So thank you. Gosh, that made my day, totally. I didn't know that. It's great to hear. I mean, it's sad that you were sad, but... <laughs> You hope that just there's feeling involved, feeling that comes out of the movie. Um, it is, yeah, so she's referring to a part of the movie which you may not think is sad at all. You're still allowed to feel any way you want. Um, but that, that has been something that people feel, um, you know, strongly about, sometimes kind of angry too, but that's great that you are shaking your head no. Cathartic, she says. Okay, this is all so good for <laughs> the ad part of this. Um, thank you. Right down here in the front row, and in front of you. We'll take another question, and then I want to look at a second clip. Okay. Hi. Uh, speaking of the creative people, uh, your husband, your partner, is also very talented, actually, the directors. When you are writing, actually, a screenplay, do you sometimes share with you actually screenplay uh, while you're actually writing a screenplay or do you not share, share it at all until actually it's completed? Right. Um, right, so yeah, my, my husband has a movie out now that you can all see now called Beginners. Um, uh, and we were writing our movies at the same time. He was always a few months ahead of me, you know, which was very frustrating. <laughs> Never do that. Like... <laughs> it's just like each each thing that you want to have your own feeling about you like you you want to believe that you're the only person in the world making a movie but not only is that not true but it's really good the other movie um, in the household uh, that said it's it's also like this incredibly high creative bar you know it's like a hot house in there in our house like um, you know, I'll just be like relaxing for the day and he'll be suddenly whipping out his, his notebook and writing something down. And I'm like, you're having an idea? It's seven o'clock. I thought we were done with idea having, but maybe I'll have an idea. What was, where, you know, just give me a hint. What was your idea about? You know, like, <laughs> um, uh, and or even like if we're watching a movie that like he's discovered, um, uh, and then I start writing an idea, like, during the movie, he might kind of be like, well, I kind of have dibs on this whole movie, like, because I'm the one who just, you know, discovered it. And I'm like, I don't, and I sometimes lie, and I'm like, oh, this idea doesn't have anything to do with, this is like an idea from earlier that I'm just writing down now. <laughs> um, but also, of course, it's like, fuck that. You don't even know what my idea, you know, like, it's ideas are you have to be free but um uh he's the opinion i value the most um so i didn't show him like a cut of my movie until the very very end and then he gave me like 
really incredible, helpful notes. But I think, you know, you, when you know you're going to be like totally crushed and delighted by someone's notes, you kind of use them carefully, you know? It's, uh, um, and I think he, it's the same way for him. We were both actually quite careful and didn't, uh, you know, everyone else had seen the movie before each other had. Everyone was like giving feedback before, you know, because I think in the end, the most important stuff that only each other can give each other is, is not really work related. You know, it's like, it's like you just want to be able to like fall in a heap and be sad and like, you know, not, it's not really about like work. It's emotional support. Yeah. Let's pause for a moment. Let's watch the second oh, clip right. that you have before we take a couple more questions. Um, okay. And so the second, second clip is uh, you're at a dance, you work at a dance center, or your character works yeah. in a dance center in this film. Uh, and there's two expectant moms who, who arrive. Yeah, I used to be a dance teacher at this studio, and now I'm, a, I'm just working as a receptionist. Okay. We both are. But how did it happen so quickly? Well, it's been a while since we've seen you. Yeah, I know. I keep meaning to... It's only been a few weeks, though. How does it feel? It's a drag. But it's also amazing. That's exactly it. I, I, I thought... Barry and Carrie, this is Sophie. Hi. Hi. So, you're still working here? Yeah. Um, but I work up here now. Yeah, but just kind of a drag. It's a drag, but it's amazing? Not really. to come up. Sort of some time travel at work in that scene, mm, I think. Yeah. Yes. Any further questions? Right here in the front. Hi. Um, I've read a fair amount of writing about your writing, and there's one word that I keep hearing, I guess, I guess in reference to the emotional content or how intimate your writing is, and that's precious. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering how you felt about that term being applied to your work. Um... It's sort of funny, that exact adjective, because, of course, precious means precious, like valuable, right? <laughs> I mean, I know that's not how they mean it. They mean kind of the opposite. Uh, um, like, implied and precious is overly precious. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I try not to be. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, you know, I think maybe that there's all sort, you know, you make stuff and you get it out there and the more you get it out there, the more criticism you get, you know, so uh, mostly I just, I just don't, I try not to think about it and um, that's mostly possible. Ones like that are a little hard because I am aware that I'm walking a line, you know, between actually precious, you know, like the precious and valuable and sacred. Um, and yeah, and something that, and I, and I like to go straight towards it sometimes and not, not be like, you know, this is important, just kidding, nothing's important. <laughs> that would mean that it's not precious, you know, if you were like, didn't really mean it. So I get that by really meaning it, it can, um, that can be repulsive almost, you know, it can be cloying and, you know, that is something that I, like as a, as a writer, you know, that's one thing I look out for, but it's not, um, I'm rarely thinking about it the way people who write that word are, you know, cause I'm just in this whole dense, context of like my whole inner world and all my demons and all that you know so it's like precious I mean that's like the least of you know least of my problems you know um yeah there's also like quirky and 
what I, you know, cute, what, you know, all those things. It's like, yeah, I wish things, in a way I wish that it was lighter life. <laughs> okay. And we have time for two more questions. Okay, I'm gonna pull my. Screen. Hi, sorry, I'll see okay. you. Um, I was just wondering, where is, like, where is music, like, in your life or in your work? Like, I was wondering if you ever just sit down and, like, you said with the art book, like a dumb kid, just kind of sit and listen, or like maybe if it inspires you in some way. Yeah. Um, with your writing. Yeah, for sure. Music also does that, and music is especially. Um, it's just so. It's just great at that. Um, it's it. Uh, it's like, it's so emotion eliciting, you know? And I think there's also something about, um, I remember I would listen to this one song before writing for a long time. You get kind of addicted to songs, I think, or superstitious about them. Um, uh, and it was um, Keeping the Wolves from the Door by White Magic. Just this one song you can all download it um, and it's really like she really goes for it um, and it's uh, the lyrics or something like something is somehow succeeding in keeping the wolves from the door um, and she's just going for it and you the, I think the thing that got me most was like here's another person who's felt that way and she managed to share the feeling and I'm receiving it now and the simple thing of like, I want to do that, <laughs> you know? So as much as you're also getting like the feeling from the song, you're also seeing like real evidence of like, this can work, you know? This is worthwhile. Um, but yeah, there's many, many, yeah, many different songs. And I, yeah, I don't listen to, you know, like a lot of people, I don't listen to music as much as I used to or the way I used to, you know, like the way that you do when there's nothing else in your life yet because your life hasn't started. But I kind of, I wish I did and sometimes I kind of have to remind myself like it's only good if there's more music. It's just an only a good thing for, for everything, you know. I also like to dance, so that's good, good use of music. Front row to your right. Hi. Um when did you find and accept your creative voice as a writer? And was there a, a certain point in your life where you knew that there was nothing else that you could do? Um, well, yes. Um, and it was kind of writer, maker, you know, I didn't have a totally clear cut sense of just writer, but the first thing was this play that I wrote when I was 16, which I, um, I didn't even want to write. I didn't really have um, even an example of what I was doing, but I, was, I had a correspondence, a pen pal um, in prison, a man in prison who had murdered another man, and uh, it was a very intense relationship, not a romantic relationship, but a really, like, you know, it, it really changed my world and was maybe the first of, like, many strangers that I kind of brought into my life and I couldn't explain it to anyone. Like anytime I started to talk about it, it just felt like it so fell short from the kind of spiritual parts of it that, you know, or that's what I, I thought it had. Um, and so I wrote this play literally kind of acting it out, you know, and I, I wasn't in it. I just wrote it and directed it and put it on in the the punk club in my town because that was the only kind of all ages places I could do, I could do it. And um, I remember then literally the moment when I sat in the audience and it was almost unendurably embarrassing, like I, just for me to be so exposed, but I remember thinking, okay, this, just this and whatever form for the rest of my life, like done, you know, and I did not turn back from that. I mean, to the point, you know, that's a terrible age in a way to decide that because you, haven't even gone to college, you know, all the job, you know, you're just going to have like a thousand and one fights with your parents, you know, but um, yeah, it was that moment. And as a follow-up to that, and as a last question, let me ask okay. you to elaborate on something. I was thinking about something, as you were just answering this question, I was thinking about something you said, answering an earlier question, and that is how you um, emerged in sort of a, a DIY moment, 
um, mm -hmm. and that that was that was something that really I think you said that 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 sensibility really influenced your work as you were getting started, so to speak, I guess. Uh, and I think that we're at we're back kind of because of the way that technology tools, etc., are are so accessible to people. There's the op there's the option for folks to really kind of embrace that kind of DIY sort of. Um, ethos or sort of ideal, and I, I, would maybe, I wanted to maybe end on you sort of elaborating on what you meant by that sort of coming out of a DIY moment and how that right. affected your ability to, to get started. You, you hit into right. it just now. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, it was the early 90s, early and mid 90s, so, um, you know, Riot Girl and fanzines and, you know, all, all those things were, you know, just new, brand new ideas and just getting started and, and especially the kind of feminist part of it. Um, uh, and that it was important and valuable to like have other women as your audience, you know, that you weren't just doing everything for guys. Um, uh, and that's so, I mean, for someone who really didn't like um, authority or to be taught or any kind of institutional structure, I mean, I was always really bad at that stuff it was it was perfect it was nonetheless a framework and a kind of identity and more than that really like a grandiose sense of like revolution <laughs> i mean those were the terms that we were thinking in and kind of perfect if you're in your 20 you know early 20s like everything should just be absolutely huge and and like so important and you know looking back i'm like that that was kind of important um in fact, those issues are still really relevant, and I kind of feel like I haven't strayed that far from, you know, like it, it really um, never stopped seeming like a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to thank um, I want to thank the Apple Store, and I want to thank Miranda July for spending an hour with us here at the Apple Store talking about her new film, which opens uh, in New York on the 29th. Am I correct? IFC uh, Theater at the IFC Theater here. And for those listening on the podcast, you can get more information on the film's website and Miranda's own website, mirandajuly.com. Yeah, and the film website is thefuturethefuture.com. And if you sign up, I'm, I'm giving people their, their futures, their fortunes every Monday and Thursday, so you can subscribe to that. And I will tell you what to do because sometimes <laughs> that's nice. I, I like to be told what to do <laughs> sometimes. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you.